sort of think of it as a nightmare in progress. Hello, and welcome to the Debate of the Dead podcast. Today, we are talking about a movie that came out this year. It is uh, quite a crazy one. A lot of people would argue it's the wildest movie of the year. We are talking about Barbarian. And here with me to talk about it is my friend, Blake Beatty. Hey, Blake. Hey. Oh, How are you God. doing? <laughs> uh, I'm, doing <laughs> I'm doing really good. How are you? Oh, I am doing fantastic. Excited to talk about this fun little movie here. Um, I think you are too. This is one you you liked. You like this movie, right? Oh, yeah. I I really love this movie. And I think it was um, if Scream hadn't come out and Nope hadn't come out, it would have easily taken my like number one movie of the year. So it's definitely like top three. I just don't know in what order it is. But just, inc- I love this movie. Incredible. Awesome. Okay, good. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you about it then because, uh, well, so first of all, this podcast is called Debate of the Dead, which is funny and ironic because most of the time it's just me and somebody else agreeing on something amazing. But this time I feel like we might actually have some debates because for the most part, I was pretty like neutral on this. Like I, d- I do like this movie. I definitely don't think it's bad, but it's not... I don't think it's anything like whenever I see those articles that are like craziest movie we've seen in years, that's where I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Like, well, I don't really trust when they say that about any film. I mean, that is fair. That that just seems like an attention grabbing headline. It's like, not uh, even, not even articles, just like the general zeitgeist around this movie. I feel like the consensus is like, yeah, the movie was batshit crazy. And I'm like, and they're like, I love how insane it got and the the twists and turns. And I'm like, I liked it, but I, I don't know about all of this, all of this uh, going on here. But so I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about this one with you. I can't um, wait. So this movie was directed and created by Zach Kreger. Do you know Zach Kreger? Do you know that um, name? Who he, he was is? like from what uh, the widest kids you know the, or something. The widest kids you know. Yes, yes. Uh, which uh, which is I never cool. really watched, but I did watch that, I knew that. especially growing up. Uh, so it just, I'm really happy I learned that fact after I saw the movie because if I would have known it before, they had a really like popular skit in the back when in the early days of YouTube uh, about like Abe Lincoln getting assassinated in a theater. And he, there's like, Oh, I've seen it. So good. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm talking about. There's like a whole minute where he's like, nah, you fucked up. And I would have just pictured that the entire movie. If I would have known that beforehand. Yep. Uh, So I'm really glad I learned that after this is a movie that I went into entirely blind as blind as can be. I didn't know who was in it. I didn't know who made it. I didn't know what it was about. I did not know um, the anything. Like this was a movie. I didn't see any trailers. I had like heard its name and that alone is what got me to go see it. I was like, okay, this is another movie from 2022 that is 
seems to be really big, another event movie. So I am going to go check it out. And I just went to go see it in a theater on the exact same day I saw Pearl. So I had, I watched this like an hour after I had just seen Pearl. (laughs) Oh, that sounds like such a good double feature, honestly. Very, Uh. it may, that could, it, it was, but I also wonder if that maybe played into my perception of this movie a little bit because Pearl is like this rich thematic character study. And this is very not that. So I don't like, not that I expected them to be similar in any way, but I had already been thrown in that mindset. So coming into this, not knowing what to expect. And this is a movie that is quite jarring with some of the things it does uh, like from a filmmaking standpoint. And so I was just so like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah, I it's, just didn't know anything. It, um, but, it's two uh, completely different films. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, did you see this movie in theaters? Did you catch it on streaming? How did you see this movie? Um, yeah, I, I did. I went with um, two friends and um, I think we might have gone opening night. I, and I didn't know like anything about it at all. Mm-hmm. I think the trailers, the marketing was really, really um, interesting and like yes. yeah, really good at not since. revealing what was going on. Which we love to see that and in 2022. Very rare. We just sat in that theater and we're just looking at each other, looking at the screen, looking back at each other and just going like, what the fuck is going on? It was in the most incredible way. Like this movie, this for me, this movie, like there is so much going on in this movie that eventually comes together. But for like the first half of the movie, I felt like I had missed something important that like I should have known to understand what was going on. But because of how it played out and how everything came together, I was like, that wasn't an issue. Like I thought that was a really, um, smart and interesting storytelling device or plot device yeah definitely and you bring up a really good point too because i have i've seen this movie twice now and uh once in theaters and once a couple days ago to rewatch it for this for this pod and i noticed that on the second rewatch i found it much easier and more digestible knowing the whole plot and just seeing it unfold i'm like oh it's not even that jarring anymore because when i say jarring i'm referring to the hard transition to a completely different character scenario in the middle of a tense moment that happens like twice in this movie um and i knowing that that was there and what that what it all led to and culminated to in the end i was like this is a much more straightforward story than i first thought and i also it still reinforces my idea of like, why are people saying this movie is so insane? Because if you watch it twice, it's actually like quite an easy to follow story. Oh yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you just said. Um, And it's so interesting. First of all, I love movies with converging narratives. Like where, you know, it's, it's a trend that we see more. Yeah. I'm thinking of like like the fear street movies in a way, maybe um well yeah i have but that that felt to me like the converging narratives were more a little bit more planned 
it won't not that but like taking place in different movies like they were yeah, adding yeah, context yeah. to each other but they weren't like actively happening at the same time whereas right. okay. in a lot of the mean. movies i'm talking about like characters are going around doing things and then something that happens at the beginning of the movie you realize is actually taking place much later in the story and right. these characters are like coming together and crossing paths that that's kind of what i was saying about that gotcha yeah 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 in this movie barbarian is very that structure yeah oh my god and i was gonna say like just it, it is somehow one big movie and then it feels like it really did a great job of telling three separate stories um yes yeah. with such individual personality personality you know like um people two people get but double booked at an Airbnb that could be um a romantic comedy in and of itself you know mm-hmm. like then a um a man is going around abducting and murdering women and like impregnating them that's a whole true crime film in and of itself oh and yeah and um a guy in hollywood uh sexually assaulting a woman and then having to deal with the fallout i mean that's that that's, that's just a Tuesday. drama you know yeah <laughs> and so it blended genres a bit um it did I felt. it did um i yeah i i really really do like it and it does all come together and one thing i really do appreciate about this movie is that the movie you start watching is not even remotely the same movie you end with which i really appreciate it's fun it makes things a lot more fun. Like I, by the time the credits roll, I fully forget that uh, Skarsgård was in this movie and was like a character. Yeah, yeah, me too. And he's such like a different narrative. An incredible actor. He is. You know? um, and he is one of the great parts of this film. But so much happens absolutely. afterwards that you're, you're, you don't even think about him anymore. Yeah. Um, well, let's. Let's dive right on in to the beginning okay. here. So the movie opens uh, with our main character, mostly, whose name is Tess, uh, arriving at a house. And she's pulling up her little Airbnb confirmation, making sure the address is right. It's important to note that for this scene, it is dark, it is night, and it is rain. It is giving sky wet. So <laughs> the, uh, we can't really... Vision is limited, so she opens the the little what do you call those like lock realtor lock boxes where the keys like behind a code and there's no keys. So she's like the fuckery squared, and there's no one. It's clearly the middle of the night, um, so it's not like normal business hours. And so she starts calling Airbnb or the property manager or whatever, and uh, obviously doesn't get a response. So she's like, well, what the hell is going on? And then to her surprise, the door of her Airbnb opens and it's fucking Bill Skarsgård, who like, I guess I didn't know who was in this movie before seeing it. So when I saw his face, I was just like, oh, my God, it's Pennywise. Like, I can't even I can't unsee it. Yeah, um, he really can do anything and be the most. um docile and gentle kind character and then scare the shit out of you in a Stephen King film 
and yeah. do everything in between. And this that whole this, family. The scenario that they're in is a double booking of this Airbnb. And uh, just based off the situation alone, this is one of the, the aspects of the movie that really subvert expectations, I guess, but also play on them because we, ex- I, I think the fact that Bill Skarsgård specifically has played Pennywise definitely adds to the like, oh, this guy's probably dangerous mentality. Um, but also like she's doing everything right. She's being so cautious. Here's a guy like she doesn't for all she knows, this could be like a crazy person who like found out her booking and is like going to try and like kill her. She doesn't know. Um, so there's the movie really kind of plays into the mentality or expectation that you have that this guy's dangerous, I would say. I definitely agree. And like, uh, I, I feel like I'm not going to say that this role was written for him, but mm-hmm. I feel like as soon as he walked into the room, they're like, this will not only be a great actor playing this role, but it will really, you know, allow the audience to believe that there's serious danger present. Even if, I mean, and that would still be present if there was another actor playing him. But like, because we have such an awareness of Bill Skarsgård's work, like, it just makes it a bit more tense and um, uncertain what's yeah. about to happen. Definitely. Um, and it's, you know, it's it seems like an honest mistake that the Airbnb people made or whatever, because he the thing is, like, she booked through Airbnb. And he booked through another app of similar home sharing, whatever you want to call it, home rental <laughs> app. Um and you know he's being his name's Keith Bill Scar's guy's character. So we've got Keith Keith and Tess, and you know he's being like a pretty proper gentleman. He's like, no, you take you take the bedroom, I'll take the couch. And he's like trying to offer her drinks and like be friendly about it, and like also not be creepy about it, like that kind of thing. Um, and she she's like starts washing up. She's doing it's it's a pretty normal situation like there's not really a real threat per se but because of the music because of the lighting and because of preconceived notions of the situation you're tense like watching this at least i was yeah and yeah you're right like the preconceived notions of some like just how you would expect one of these situations to go completely informs like the audience's um expectations involved like i sat there i i did not think it was gonna hurt her um but i also didn't know and i felt like i just it was during this whole like 20 minute section or however long it was that i was like okay nothing's about to happen the way i think it's going to and so i'm gonna like try to stop guessing and just sit here and watch the movie i see i see i i had i was in a similar boat where i was just like i didn't think he was gonna do anything but at the same time i'm like this is a horror movie like something's gonna happen but what is it because there's not really any any threats and i don't think it's gonna be him like that would be pretty obvious like borderline lame twist i guess if you if he if he did like end up being a psycho 
Um, yeah, and yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, you know, for like the first 30, 45 minutes, I think there's only one really scary moment, so it's a really slow burn at first. So he's being all nice, he's like doing, he's like taking all the right steps because there comes a scene where he's like, he uh, wants to pour them each a glass of wine. And he's just sitting there next to two empty glasses and an unopened bottle. And he's like, well, I figured if you didn't see me open it, you wouldn't want to drink it, obviously thinking that he could have put something in there. Um, So he's like, I want to make sure you watch me open it if you want to drink this wine with me. And at first she's like, not really about it. She's like, oh, thanks, but no thanks. And then they get to talking and it turns out he's like, uh like a like a filmmaker like a documentary filmmaker or some some shit like that um that part i actually i don't know why he's in town i missed that part it's something with him being like a filmmaker and uh he's he's a founder of of some company that she knows of uh and they have like a mutual interest um some some movie or some play or something she's like oh you've you've never seen it you know you don't know and he starts like going into really specific plot details and she's like oh my god you are familiar with this so they have a bonding moment over that she kind of lets her guard down she's like you know what maybe i will have a glass of wine with this guy maybe he's not such a clown after all <laughs> yeah it, it starts getting to a point where you think oh okay there might be some romantic interest here maybe or just or at least just um like a lot more comfortability yeah um, yeah and they're they have good chemistry too because in a perfect scenario this is kind of like a rom-com scenario like how did mommy meet daddy well they accidentally booked the airbnb <laughs> yeah it, it's definitely genre number one of this film and right. i really i really love like every like every moment that they're on screen together because they really are just like bouncing back and forth off of each other so well i agree yeah scene partners yes yes i agree very much so so they're you know they're bonding he's being cute he like is fucking with a sheet and like puts it on like a ghost or something (laughs) straight people i don't know weird shit weird customs they have i've been meaning to try that though (laughs) Uh, I was like, th- I mean, he might be onto something, but I don't usually trust the straighties. So mm, the straighties. Um, um, but then, but yeah, it, it's 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 definitely getting like cute little funny moments to make each other laugh. And yes, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and just when they let their guard down as well as us as audience members we cut to the night in which um tess goes to sleep and keith goes to sleep and i noticed i think this is like the only time tess doesn't immediately lock her door once she goes in her bedroom to go to bed oh you you're a bit more perceptive than i am (laughs) i've but I because um, up until now the movie's made a point to always show her locking the door right behind her. But I think yeah, that's I what don't I think she does this time because in the middle of the night her door creaks open and she hears like some sound which causes her to wake up. 
and she thinks it's probably Keith. So she goes outside of her room, but Keith is still knocked out on the couch and he's actually having a nightmare of himself, uh, a nightmare of his, of his, his own. Before, before we get into uh, the, her waking him up on the couch, are you yeah. saying that you think the door was unlocked and that it was open? Cause I thought the door was locked and somehow it got opened. Oh, I think I don't think it showed her locking the bedroom door after the the good night that departure mm. that she had with Keith. It it might have, I might be misremembering, but I if I remember correctly, I don't think she locked cuz usually it, there's a quick shot of her like quickly locking the door. And I don't think it happened right. after she uh after he like left and she went to bed. And I mean, if she didn't, that'd be a really good way for the filmmakers to show that she's more comfortable with him at this point. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely, it, it would make a lot of sense if that um, is how that played out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, in the middle of the night, uh, things start to go bump. <laughs> and uh, she checks on Keith over there and he's like spazzing out, like talking, murmuring in his sleep. And she like kind of pokes him awake. And they have like a little jump scare moment. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, my door was open and you're like having a nightmare. I I don't know what's going on. And so at this point, I think this is a good way to get the audience more like, all right, we're getting we're getting close to some action. Tension is tensioning right now. Yeah, it definitely feels like we're starting to move into the point of the movie where things are about to start getting really weird. And and I love that. She's obviously just trying to check on him and he is a little bit scared of her in that moment. Mm -hmm. And it's just sometimes miscommunication can be fun. Yeah. And that was a little inversive. The first part of uh, this movie. Yeah. So I thought that was a fun little moment, especially after seeing bodies, bodies, bodies. Anytime there's miscommunication on screen, I'm really fucking about it. Oh yeah. It's It's pretty funny. It's so fun for me. It's so funny that you bring up bodies, 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 because that's going to be the next uh, one I record, next episode I record. I don't know if it'll be the one that airs after this one, but it's definitely the next one I'm going to record. <laughs> Ooh, so I'm excited for you. Yes. Um, but uh, just when we think things are ramping up and getting weird, they don't. It just cuts today, and she wakes up and goes to the job interview, because that's the whole reason she's even at this Airbnb uh is she has a job interview and so she like flew in for it and all that good jazz uh so it's daytime now now we get a good look at the surrounding neighborhood this this house that she's rented as an airbnb is this really cute little ranch it's nice and upheld and bright paint all that kind of stuff but then the rest of the neighborhood completely run down abandoned buildings debris everywhere it's dirty it's trashy you can tell that it's not the place you want to be yeah it was like a stark contrast to the previous night and i didn't realize until it was daytime just how little you could tell about the neighborhood when it was raining like that and when it was at night and yeah honestly, you cannot this see might anything. be getting 
this might be getting a little ahead of myself, but I think this kind of informs Justin Long's character a bit because it sounds like he made a really stupid financial decision to buy an Airbnb in one of the worst neighborhoods I've ever seen. And right. he was just like, I'm going to I'm gonna buy an Air, Airbnb and rent it out and make extra money and literally do none of his research. So right um that's a little tangential but uh yeah no um in the day this is really when alarm bells start going off especially when she gets to like her interview and the lady is really alarmed that she's staying where she's staying yeah yeah because we don't it doesn't really get into the job interview which is fine we don't need to know it doesn't matter we don't even know what it's a job for i don't think but who cares that's not the point so it's kind of like montage with the interview. And then we see her departing from the interview. And it seems like it went well. The interviewer seems pretty uh, excited about, about Tess. And she's like, well, get home safe. You know, where are you staying? And uh, she says where she is. I forget the name of the neighborhood. Uh, I know they're in like Detroit, but I forget the name of the exact neighborhood, she says. And the interviewer is just looking at her like, what? Like, she's so shocked. She's like, no, like, you can't do that. That is not a good neighbor. No. And Tess is, well, she's not from there. She doesn't know. Yeah, um, it's Brightmore. That's right. As we're talking about, it just um, flashed across the screen what she's saying. And yeah. She and see the woman she's talking to is like, why would there be an Airbnb in Brightmore? Like, yeah, she can't no even sense. fathom that that exists, let alone that she's staying there. Yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, I mean, this woman is showing a serious concern for her, and um, yeah, I just alarm bells are ringing, and I'm so ready for the movie to continue i'm saying that it's like my internal monologue like yeah yeah as i was watching it both times because i was just like it's about to get fucking great yes i am going to lose my mind yeah because at this point we've seen two characters interacting and we're 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 decently into the movie we're like about a half hour in just a little under and so we and we know it's a horror movie we know something's gonna happen and now we have this setup that this area is not good. So we think, okay, maybe some kind of external force is going to come and impede on our characters here. And that kind of happens at first because when she arrives home from the interview, some man down the street is just shouting at her and running like full speed, get out style for her. And it's just like screaming at her. And so of course she gets frightened and like runs inside. So yeah, he's just like full on running, sprinting at her. And this like, I cannot tell you, not the first time I watched it, because the first time I'm like, what the fuck does he want? Like, leave her alone. Because it's so obvious, like how, like to as an audience member, how off-putting that is. Oh, yeah just so insane and he's like come here little girl little girl Mm -hmm. little girl come here yeah and he is yelling like very not good things to yell if you're trying it it definitely comes across as threatening is what i'm trying to say and so 
the first time I was nervous for her, but the second time I'm watching it, I'm just like, he just sounds like Katya. And like, I'm just like, just imagine her running at this woman because it's like, this is so stupid. Don't, yeah. you could have said anything and you say, come here, little girl. Like, like anything. And this is like, have you, did you not have any time to develop any social skills throughout your whole life? Like, well, okay, this homeless that is not man, what you scream at women. This homeless man is you a don't scream at women, sorry, because not to, uh, yeah, and also not to jump ahead a little bit, but later he's like, Oh, I've been living here for 15 years, 15 years in the same goddamn fucking fenced off little tent. You ain't moving, I guess. I guess when the roots are deep, that's just where you. Stay. I get, yeah, the homeless guy is an interesting character. Um, but something also, I just happened to pause on like a really interesting frame while Tess is running into the house to get away from this homeless guy, running at her, screaming all the wrong things. The house across the street has a has graffiti spray painted on it, and it says "Death from Below." That's pretty cool. Oh my god! If you want to see that's, it for yourself, that's an incredible same, detail. The exact timestamp I've got paused is twenty eight oh eight, and it says "death from below." So that's that's kind of a neat little detail. And I'm sure if I pay more attention, there's uh, there's probably at least a good two second shot of it to really like get it in in your head that it's there. I am gonna watch this movie so many more times. Yeah, I, I like excited that, for a third rewatch because uh, I, I feel like now that I've seen it twice, that I've got the full like plot breakdown in my head. So now it's like anything rewatch is going to be the bonus pickings. Yeah, and then I can just sit and like pay more attention to the art direction and the like the whittle I, Easter eggs isn't the right word, but the whittle foreshadowing details that. Yeah, they place throughout the movie. I am such a slut for that shit. Yes, I I love a full circle. I love a foreshadow. I love a before shadow. I love it all. Yes, yes, yes. She she gets inside the house in time, and this dude is like banging the door, and she just kind of is like, "Go away!" And then I guess he just does because then uh, we cut to her doing some normal stuff. She goes to use the bathroom, and uh oh, no toilet paper. So she's like looking all around the place. She doesn't seem to find any. So she's like, let me go check the basement. Uh, Always goes wrong in the basement. I don't I don't believe basements should exist, first of all. <laughs> Why do we have basements? You want you want to store it? You want some storage? Build a shed, bitch. Build a like, shed, bitch. Build a shed. Basements are creepy and people get maimed, murdered, raped, all kinds of shit in basements. It's all which is exactly what or the attic. The attic is like if there is no basement, that's the torture room. It's always, it's never See, the main floor. Nobody's ever getting tortured I, in the living room. I like a good attic. I think attics <laughs> have character. Well, Basements are cementy like and weird. Ugh, now I want an attic. Subterranean and shit, yeah. I lived in a basement for many years. It was, it was fun, but at the same time, very, yeah, subterranean. You feel very hermited. Yeah, and like cold, right? Not like yes. necessarily cold temperature-wise, just a cold space yeah definitely um so she goes into the basement and the door locks 
behind her. And this is where I see her start to make, like, this is when I am the most, like, I don't know if the word is proud, but I'm watching her make her decisions. And I am so, like, enamored with what she thinks to do and how she, like, provides herself with more light or is, you know, just thinking about how she wants to proceed in the situation. And I'm continuing to see her. I mean, going further into this basement is obviously not the best choice, but what can she do? I mean, yeah, she can't get out through the window without Bill Skarsgård's help. And she, she also has the keys. So he can't even get in. Right. So like, but so I'm watching her like use the objects in this basement to her advantage. And it is really like, I really loved this, this de- the details of this scene, because yeah, I think it's just a resourceful at, bitch. At, everything has, she's, you know, made decisions that protected her safety throughout this um, a whole film thus far. And like, she's definitely, I've definitely found her smart from the get-go, but here I was like, this woman is incredibly intelligent. She is resourceful and is committed to making sure that she is the safest she could possibly be. And I really love that. And I really, I just love her character in general. I think she is written so well. She is good. I, I like Tess a lot. She's, and she's, portrayed well by the actress um i forget her name off the top of my head it's uh georgina campbell georgina yeah georgina um but yeah so she she finds like a secret rope pulls it and a like cement door opens up to reveal like a very secret part of this already like creepy looking basement and she fully has a note moment and she's like no fucking way but like you said what else can she do? She's locked down there and there has not been a threat established yet. So even though it is creepy and scary and probably shouldn't be explored alone, there's, there's not like a killer. There's not like, like there's no reason to think that she's in any immediate danger necessarily. Well, (laughs) uh, I don't know if I agree. I mean, this whole, like, hidden compartments a basement within a basement bitch it's that because that, that's what it is it's a basement yeah in a basement and we already don't like the first basement like oh my god and then i'm watching her see this this room with this camera and this nasty ass mattress and i'm just like in oh, yeah, the shit bucket and a shit bucket i'm talking about before that that's messy. That's oh, threatening. Uh, I'm talking okay. about when the wall just opens up and she's like, and she uses the mirror to reflect the light. Like at that point, there's no specific like threat. Oh yeah, you're right. And then, and more context is added as she like sees yes, that room. Yes. Oh yeah. When she sees okay. the rape room, it's all, it's all game over. That's when it's like, okay, get Ooh, pack cool. your bags and leave girl. That's a mess. Oh, um, so yeah, she here, here's in- Bill. Yeah. Coming to save her. Uh, coming to save her. Um, so he, uh, like, she panics, obviously, because they've been living in this house for a few days or a day or two or whatever. And all of a sudden they find this, like, very clearly tortury, nasty, vile room. And she's, like, trying to tell him about it. And he's like, girl, you tripping. Like, 
And she's like, no, bitch, like it is there and it is real. Go look for yourself. And he's like, you know what? I think I will go look for myself. And he ventures into the the crevasse. And that's pretty much the last we see of him because she's like yelling for him. She's like, where the hell did you go? And he's not in the little torture room, but rather a basement of the sub basement. Can we back up just a little for a second? Yeah. This and his decisions right here are so fucking Messy. stupid. Messy. There's no reason for you to go down there. She's told you everything you need to know. Leave. Unless unless I'm forgetting that something is down there that they need. There is no fucking reason None. to go back down there. And he's just like, still need the I'm going to go do man shit and investigate. Very that. Like, we've seen enough, Bill. Truly. I don't and- want to see anymore. And he disappears quite quickly. Like he's gone for like uh, 30 yeah. seconds max before she's like, she starts calling his name down the echoey hallway and hears no response. And then Bill. because there's also no threat, you almost, uh, at least me in the theater, I was like, is he fucking with her? Is he going to like pop out behind a corner or something? But no, uh, what happens is far more intense. He uh, comes yeah. like, crawling at her on all fours <laughs> rambunctious approach to that um, uh, yeah i don't i don't know if i mean i guess it's because he couldn't see he might not have wanted to like hurt himself my, maybe or like maybe but like, this was a obviously choice. we find out there's a monster that goes that's just called the mother and so like maybe in my head oh, i was thinking mother. maybe in my head, I was thinking maybe the mother had like grabbed him and he got away. And so he like, you know, like in a in a frantic moment, like pushed her off. So he probably fell to the ground and then just crawled away instead of getting back up and running. Cause it was just like, he's like, I just need to move away. And so he's already on the ground. So he was just like crawl. That's that's my head cannon for why he crawled. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I it was I'm a choice. judging him for his action. I can't judge a dead man. Um yeah. But yeah, it was interesting. But I mean, I think it was definitely intentional. And uh, oh yeah, and, and yeah, it's, it, adds, uh, it adds to the, like what is going on in nature because it's it's like dark. They're in this like tri basement. <gasps> they are below sea level, and he's like yelling crazy things at her. He's like, "We need to go this way," which is in reference to the opposite direction of where she came from, AKA the exit. And so she's like, what are you talking about? We need to go deeper in this. We need to go that way and get out of here. And he's like, no, 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 that's where it is. That's it's, it's down here playing the, the pronoun game, of course. Yeah. And um, so I, I feel like I might've just figured it out a little bit. Like, so he's, you know, he's not listening to her. He's going downstairs. He wants to see for himself. And, you know, I don't know if he, I don't, I, I don't really see him as somebody that's like, I'm going to protect you lady. Or like, you know, with an ego that just, you know, needs to handle the situation. Cause I don't think that's it, but I think it's telling that he doesn't listen to her. He walks downstairs. And then when she sees him again, he's kind of fucking cower cowering on all fours 
Yeah, it's it's there's a lot of different ways to read into it. You know, it could be like a masculinity thing, because, uh, you know, like you said earlier, he's got to do man stuff. He's got to go check it out. And then it's also could be like a see to believe it thing. Um, mm. It could also be like a intuition thing. You know, there's a lot of different ways to read into it. Um, but then uh, this thing you you don't really get a good look at it at this point comes out of the shadows and just grabs keith's head and bashes that thing against the cement walls like a good three three or four times and just screeches into the camera and at tess and in the height of of this very tense action it is immediately hard cut to Justin Long driving down a highway next to the ocean. This is when I got really confused. I um was shaken and shook. I was like, what the hell is going on? So like I, started, I get I get I st- that mentality to this movie. I don't think the content of this movie is jarring. I think the filmmaking of this movie is jarring. Oh, please let's talk about it. But hang on. I, I did want to ask a question. Yeah, I don't know much about effects work. Do you think that that like his head getting smashed in? Did you think that was practical or CGI? Um, the way it's filmed because it's kind of quick, not lit. I could see it have being a practical effect. However, I would have to do a little bit more research on this movie specifically, but just the way it's filmed so quickly makes me think that it is like a real prop. Uh, Because I feel like if it were some kind of CGI, they would want to maybe linger on the shot a little bit more or at least show not cut so quickly because when i when i see quick cuts i'm thinking like oh it's probably a prop head that doesn't look that realistic but for a millisecond flash of a head bashing against a wall works and i mean a good a good reference for this would be tatum's death and scream like her head yeah yeah like uh, smushed in by the garage door like that could have definitely i really like I just really like the effects in this movie and I think yeah, they're done really I do well. I do too. They definitely are not bad. They don't take me out of it in any way. They're not like over the top. They're not like underwhelming. No, yeah, they're good. I agree. Um, so yeah, we cut to Justin Long driving down this highway who I had no idea was in this movie. So when we cut to him being introduced at the 43 minute mark, I was like, what the fuck he's in this movie too what the hell and so it's just we completely abandon for a minute the storyline of tess and keith to uh see what's going on with uh justin long's character whose name i simply cannot remember whose character's name uh aj aj that's what it is and I just want to say, I really wish I could have gone into this movie the way you did and not known a single thing about it. Yeah, I, no I would have. I would have loved to have been sitting next to you. I cracked during up. All I, like, this. I pretty. Yeah, I went to this movie alone, so I was just sitting there, and I just like as soon as he came on screen, I was just like, <laughs> Yeah, because no any anytime Justin Long is in a horror movie, it's like. I, I, I don't feel like he's been in an 
about well no husk was something but well, um, i was gonna say when i think of his movies i think of like out there shit because i'm thinking of like drive yeah. me to hell which i didn't really like uh i'm thinking of tusk which uh is rambunctious and wild and out there um yeah i feel like there's like one other one that i'm like oh yeah justin long was in that horror movie and i forget what it, what it is but i actually have imdb pulled up i can well, good 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 look while we talk good but um, um yeah some, he stepped, he stepped it, his toes into the genre before and he like just if he shows up and he it's shows a up. genre film then i know things are about to get wacky yeah 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 so he's he's singing down the highway and uh or flying down the highway singing some song on the radio when he gets a f- phone call uh from presumably some kind of executive you know and this this is a good instance of show don't tell Be, uh, they're kind of telling it, it is giving exposition but at the same time you know like from the second this character comes on screen i instantly know that this is some wealthy like douchey fuck you know he's got like a nice car yeah. he's driving next to the ocean he's like you know jamming a lot not very carefree attitude uh like that kind of thing so it's clear that he's some he's got money and we find out right. that he's like an actor because this phone call enlightens him to the fact that a female co-star he is uh going supposed to star in a new tv show with is accusing him of raping her a an, an allegation hollywood is more than familiar enough with yeah i mean and at this point um like if this movie had been made in like 2017 i feel like they would have had to talk about some of this stuff a lot more um but now like our whole culture is much more aware of conversations around sexual assault allegations and sexual assault in general and so like yeah when when i agree with you like when he came on screen i was immediately like okay he's somebody at least important he's driving down what i assume to be uh the pacific coast highway in a convertible and as this conversation starts it's obvious he works in the industry i I didn't really i couldn't gather whether he was an actor or a writer or a developer yeah yeah. actor does make the most sense and that's what i was thinking too i think he might be an actor and his um reactions what they're telling them on the phone call it's like so telling about his character and so he he seems shocked but also not as shocked as he could be. Like he's more shocked that his career will be affected than he is yeah. at the allegations themselves. And also, yeah, he's not really concerned about her at all. No, no, not even, not even at all. So yeah, he doesn't give a shit about this woman at all. He is pissed about what it's going to do to his career, aka his money. I mean, he even makes a point to do the very very toxic masculinity thing and call her like a like a evil lying bitch after the, the phone call hey actually i don't even think he waits until hanging up the phone i think he does it while on the air or on the air and on they're the phone probably call. recording yeah and because i remember one of the one of the little advisor people is like it is not advisable to continue talking on this phone call <laughs> yeah Ugh. 
I mean, uh, uh, you immediately, I will say before we get like deeper into it, his character arc, where he goes and then where he ends back up at, I really, really enjoyed. I didn't enjoy mm-hmm. his decisions, but I was like, oh, wow. Wow. Okay. But he, he might be somebody that I didn't think he was. And then I'll just say this for later. Yeah, and also Justin Long as an actor has such a warm, like, happy-go-lucky, nice guy uh, vibe to him that mm-hmm. you, he's saying these god-awful things, but I just can't help but be like, because it's like Justin Long, like, in his cute little smiley face. But he's saying, like, horrible, heinous things and making, like, horrible, heinous decisions. So it's very conflicting. Uh, and this he that's why he's a perfect actor for a role like this. Yeah, because uh, as you're saying that, I'm like, I'm just thinking about Justin Long in general, and I'm sure that he, it is so easy to like, like him. And yes, like, it's yes, so easy for him to get you on guy. his good side. And so I think about that, the character, and I'm thinking about how he probably struck up a um, rapport with this actress and like, they had some flirtation maybe, or yeah. just... um had a good back and forth and then he kind of flipped a switch and well uh um i guess i should talk more about this when we get to that scene or uh, get to the scene that i'm thinking of which is him in the bar with his friend but um yeah yeah i mean go ahead jump it's around. just like, easy pretty to much s- the only okay. thing that happens before that is we find out his uh attorney or whoever's financial advisor is dropping him as a client because obviously Mm -hmm. they don't want the negative pr so basically he's like really sol and like shit's hitting the fan for his life quickly so he needs to come up with some money to like even pay the lawyer and so he mentions that he has michigan properties and then it's like ah now it's starting to kind of connect brilliant Yes. And so we find it it becomes quite apparent that he owns the Airbnb that the first part of the movie is taking place in. Also, I really love how fast they show the decline of his career or just like it's so fast. It's like within a day. Yeah. And I mean, and I see that happen, you know, like recently with Kanye West and the anti-Semitic comments, like within a day or two, he had lost so many. Uh, sponsorships um business deals all that it really does happen that fast but the way they um show it is so on a technical level is really well done i think and it's just like okay we're not gonna spend too much time talking about this we're just gonna like bam 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 let us now connect this back to the story that's already been happening and yeah, I just, and I'm on I board. I'm never, that's something with this incredible. movie. I never feel like it reaches. I never feel like it goes out of place or makes me go, oh, well, come on, really? Like, no, not even, in, like, I don't want to use the word unrealistic, but it it doesn't have those moments that just take me out. This moment, I'm on board right. the whole time. And because of things like that, like showing the decline so fast and effectively, I'm on board for it. And I, I get it. Like, I'm up to speed. Dude did very bad thing. Dude is paying the price move on next part of the story i'm ready right uh so he he hops on a plane gets his ass to detroit real quick the lawyer whoever is like what do you mean you're in michigan dude you're being 
accused of a criminal thing. You can't just flee the state. Uh, but he's like, eh, whatever. And we just learned that he's AJ is pretty much a piece of shit in general. It's like his mom calls him and they're talking and he's like so disregarding of her pretty much. Yeah. And just like, no, nah, I didn't do it. And then, then we get to the scene you were talking about in the bar with his friend who, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's Zach. I think the guy who plays the friend is the director. Yeah, and I one thing stood out to me uh, that stood out to me about this scene is that now we're not just seeing it affect his career. We're seeing that he like might go to jail, and it yeah. is the director. Uh, work. Yeah, it's Zach. Work. Wow, he's really aged. So, since why does kids you know? <laughs> well, that was like two thousand seven, right? Yeah, which was like. Uh, I don't know how I know ago. these things. Not 10 years ago. I just ago, like find but... myself on IMDb holes. I remember like rabbit I remember holes. Weirds, in weird ways. I don't know. It's odd. But yeah, the, they're talking and he's like, all right, man to man, best friend to best friend. Did you do it? Did you fucking rape this chick? And oh. he's he's claiming that he didn't, but clearly he fucking did. Like he's saying the very, very casual, douchey, normal uh, defenses that toxic ass, gross men go to in this situation. He's like, no, she was she was totally into it. And I'm just I'm just persistent, bro. She took some convincing red flag. Yeah, very red flag, because in his head, he's like, no, I didn't rape her. Like I didn't like he literally says like, no, I didn't like force her down and or anything like that. So in his but. just because he didn't do like it's he still coerced her and made her uncomfortable clearly and so like this dude's just a piece of shit in general yeah and i feel like the way i i haven't yet i'm gonna have to fast forward it a little bit because i paused it for a second um while the uh sexual assault stuff was happening but um i feel like was he like kind of stammering a little bit or like stuttering Yes. And, you know, it could be because they're drinking because they're at a bar, but also yeah, he's very sure. clearly like trying to be very intentional good. in his words. Yes. Yes. He's thinking he's thinking on his feet because he's like, what? And he's being very vague, too. He's like, you know, we love like, vague. It was like, whatever. And so, like, he's being very vague about it and definitely making sure to not say anything incriminating. Yeah, but honestly, I don't think his friend gave a shit. He could have probably said everything that happened. And unless his friend wanted money and wanted to leak that to the press, he would have been like, bro, it's all going to be okay, bro. I know you didn't yeah. it like that, bro. It's like, definitely, I kind of got the vibe that the friend was not living, but also like he was not for it. But also, I'm I'm rewatching the scene here as we're talking about it, and I could have sworn it showed. Uh, well, it's Zach, so I'm just gonna say Zach Kreger, uh, the friend Zach Kreger's face during the conversation. But it actually is a long shot on AJ, and it doesn't break from AJ. So we're looking over the yeah, friend's I'm shoulder, it right hearing now. him. Yeah. And I, for some reason, I remember the friend like blankly staring into his face. And that's what made me think like, oh, maybe the friend is actually like, damn, my friend's a piece of shit. But it, it, it is only it is only AJ in, in frame uh, talking. So 
Yeah, and I think uh, there are a couple things that stand out to me. Um, I, and or maybe just one, I don't know, but I feel like this does a good job talking about consent or at least if you're yes. an active audience member and you're paying attention you will understand that um that the conver- like the conversation is one about consent and yes. that he got a, a initial yes and then he got a no or I, I don't know if he got the initial yes he no, got I think a no, no and it eventually became yes from his perspective and even if she said yes that doesn't matter if she really was uncomfortable and did not want to do it yeah um, he coerced her into it also it just it just made me feel like this was showing how some men talk about sexual assault and that's uncomfortable like it's nothing like it's nothing like and you know it just this movie does a really good job this this is a a good example of like maybe what a social commentary should do. It shouldn't be like, hey, it's very subtle. Here's, here's the message of my movie right here. Look, circling it like a football play by play. But at the same time, it's there and it makes you ask those questions like afterward, like we're sitting here like clearly that was fucked up. Right. And then it makes us reconsider some views we maybe had or didn't have and not like us specifically you and me blake but like us the audience yeah. um yeah. so it yeah this is this and, and this is another further example of show don't tell but it's also kind of interesting because they are telling but what they're telling shows more they're not explicitly saying things they're it, they're having human it's conversations that paint more narrative and the camera work because it's slight, it's, it's pinching in on him as he's just te- saying these heinous, disgusting things to, to his friend, looking him in the eyes, being like, no, I didn't rape this chick. I just forcefully, persistently continued to ask her if we could have sex until she said yes. Yeah. And so I did, I did want to touch on one. I have two things to say. I did want to touch on, um, movies about social commentary yeah like that they they will yeah elevated horror um the movies that have the broadest appeal that have some sort of social commentary are like like you said ones who don't necessarily put it in your face and i hate that phrase because people overuse it and they say that i agree this movie like shove something in your face when i'll watch it and i'll be like that was actually pretty baseline messaging that was not overused but when you when uh, like movies that you don't realize are telling you a certain thing until after you've seen it and and you accept that thing and you understand that thing a little more those are the best movies about social commentary. And it's like me and you having this conversation right now. Not as, I, I, I have a really good, I, I think I have a pretty good understanding of issues surrounding sexual assault. But there are some people that will go to see this movie or have gone to see it that did not, that, that might come away a little more informed. Yes, and, and that's I, and why I, I love doing this podcast because it brings up things like that. I myself even... Uh, I'm learning all kinds of things. Have you ever seen the movie Gerald's Game? Yes. Ever heard of it? Uh, yeah. I, I did an episode of on that movie not too long ago with my friend Kayla, who is a cis woman, and she really put some things in perspective for me 
because she was saying things that I never even thought of, like as a gay man watching that movie. Yeah. And so um, I, I love, I mean, I, that's why I love doing talking about movies and doing this podcast because there's everyone draws something a little different. And even though we're not like debating, like arguing, we're still debating our interpretations and what we took away from the movie. Yeah. And I love that. And that saying, and um, uh, yeah, we just, we just overall get to really see, we spend a good like 20 minutes painting a picture of how big of a piece of shit AJ is because then the final nail in the coffin is if there weren't already like five previous ones is he goes home from this bar after having this conversation with his friend and calls the woman who is accusing him, which he was specifically told not to do. And is just continue saying awful heinous shit. Like I'm not even mad at you. Like, I just, I just, oh I'm sorry God. if I offended you, like, Girl, please buy trash, garbage, die horror movie. You then, deserve to go. This was this was really hard for me to watch because I am someone who I feel is really empathetic, and I think a lot about people's feelings and how my words and actions will affect them. Right, and like I just imagined her either getting that. I, I imagine it's really late at night, so she's probably not up to receive it, but imagine yeah. waking up first thing in the morning and you have a call, uh, a voicemail from your rapist that is on it. That is um, really minimizing a bit dismissive, really dismissive actually, because he's saying he's not mad at her. Oh, trying like, to completely change the fucking narrative. Do anything. Yeah. And uh, like, it's gross. It was it so it feels it was manipulative, honestly. Very manipulative, absolutely. And so, like, mm, that was. It's I wild. mean, it was a good. It was a great scene. My, it, but it was my least favorite scene in the movie because it made me un, like it made me uncomfortable because right. of what I've been through, what I know other people have been through. But it's very important. Yeah, it's it's fucked up, and uh, it, it, that's even though this has some pretty. Uh, not to use the term again, but in in your face horror, uh, like typical horror, it has some subtle horror too. In in the fact that this guy just lives his life like that, and it's nice that he's finally having to pay some consequence for his action. But the fact that he's lived his entire life like this, just thinking this kind of behavior is acceptable, normal, and okay, uh, and that's kind of horrifying. That people that there are people like that, lots of people like that in the world, especially in Hollywood. So uh, there's a lot of subtle horror, a lot with yeah. the, along with the involved horror. Um, but to, to further continue the piece of shitness that is AJ, he wakes up, throws up, you know, because obviously he was drunk the night before and starts just immediately going through uh, Tess's shit. I mean, obviously he doesn't know it's, it belongs to Tess because he's just kind of chilling in this Airbnb and you know, she's down there. We don't know where Tess is. Cause last we saw her, some monster was screeching in her face and just bashed Keith's head in. Uh, so clearly this is taking place after that. Um, and he just starts like going through her laptop and shit, like tries to get in after like one password attempt. And then uh, like she quite comically just like throws the laptop off to the side like it's a fucking backpack or something you know okay 
So this might be where I disagree with you a little bit. And okay. yes, the throwing of the laptop, I did not like. But I really feel like in that, that moment, he's really just trying to figure out who the fuck was in his house. And, that is um, fair. The throwing, because, of the, the, yes. the throwing of the laptop is not cool. That's an expensive laptop. I, ha- yeah, I own right, one of them. What are you doing? And, um, but other than that, I think he's just trying to figure out what's going on. Which is fair. But he's still a piece of shit while doing it. Yes. he's a piece of shit. To his knowledge, he is unaware of the whole like renting out Airbnb thing. He just showed up to this property he owns, sees that there's like belongings in there, and he's like, Who the fuck is in my house? Um, so to especially yeah, to because point, he does not know. Especially like, because when he talked to like the Airbnb people about, you know, who was there and like when they were last there, they just gave them him the big the vaguest answers and yeah, like yeah did not really as a as a company that is managing your property they should have really specific information to be able to give you i mean i get it if um if names and personal information is private but they should know dates and when somebody checked out and yeah when the last it's time like... somebody was there to clean how did Airbnb and Home Home Away, I think, is the other one that Keith used? How did they both like double book a property, like whatever crazy glitch it happens, but then also the property manager not know about either of those bookings? So there's definitely some shady shit going on with this property. Do you think that's a plot hole? It could be. It could be intentional. It could just be one of those things where they were like, don't read too into it, you know, just for the sake okay. of the plot, let it happen. But it it could be, yeah. it doesn't really bother me that much. It's like, whatever, sell me, sell me the premise. I can, I can buy that this crazy coincidence happened. It's fine. Um, Because really at the end of the day, we're watching a normal story unfold and how it affects people's lives. Because we started with a double booking of an Airbnb and now we're at the downfall of a Hollywood actor. And I love every, every second of it. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's just walking I'm around and baiting mama. Uh trying to figure out what is going on. And he inevitably stumbles across the secret basement room as well. And then this is like, how can I further monetize this? Yeah, this is probably one of the funnier moments of the film. Uh definitely got a laugh out of the theater and me as is we see him discover this cement area secret basement and then when a normal person would be like holy shit this is fucked up he just it, hard cut to him googling on a laptop about like can underground like basements be included in like total square footage for selling a property uh which is kind of funny it's a funny jump cut yeah, funny. it's funny, yeah, and it also shows how stupid he is. Like, absolutely, like, sir. Your your house is not gonna sell. It's it's and it's in, it's in one of the shittiest neighborhoods in Lake Point. It's still like like your house. Your house is somehow has been well ma- maintained and kept up, but everything around it is falling apart and looks like it will kill you if you enter it. So. You're not going to get any money. You're being a dumbass. You're focusing on the wrong things. And it just shows how like, obsessed with himself he is. Like he's not paying attention yeah, to his surroundings, not paying attention to others. Yeah, he's he's paying attention to him and himself. 
of course, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to monetize this. And then he goes down there, completely ignores the monstrosity of the torture room and just continues. He just sees he just sees dollar signs. He doesn't see the insano factor to this. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and course, he would probably make somebody else remove all that stuff and be like, here, sir, take the shit bucket. Definitely. Because I'm not touching that. Definitely. And and he he stumbles further, inevitably finds the sub-sub basement. And uh, this another example of showing not telling. He finds some empty cages, which at first you're like, oh, what the fuck? That's something creepy. What's down here? Maybe there's a creature. Maybe there's a monster. What's going on? But then after you see the full story and maybe watch it again, you realize, oh, the even shittier old guy who we haven't even gotten to yet uh, is – was like kidnapping women, keeping them in cages. And like it, it make, it lets you put that part of the story together. Yeah. And I, 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 pa- I paused this when he was going through her, uh, Tessa's stuff. So I need to catch up a little bit, For but sure, yeah, yeah. And am I correct in assuming that he kind of just rolls right on past it? Absolutely. He doesn't oh, like the torture room and shit. Not that, not just that, but the cages and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like he sees it. Kind of, I think he might like mutter to himself. I think he even goes like, oh, yeah, he says, what the fuck is this? He's like, what the fuck? But then immediately just keeps going because he just sees square footage. Yeah. And um, he has that little um, what's it called? Um, the the tape measure. Yes. Yeah. He's literally walking Birds around the tape me. measure. And it's yeah. and it's almost like a like a curiosity killed the cat kind of situation. Uh, because then he stumbles on this room that is got a TV playing and it's like a nursing video, basically. Um, and, and it's like a very decrepit room. It's very derelict. There's like newspaper all over the ground. And it's just it's very any rational human being would most likely GTFO very quickly if they even made it this far in. I just, this, this is where I, 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 I'm just getting so excited to start talking about this because this oh, yeah. is where I just have, I, I've had fun the whole movie, but this is like where I start getting giddy. Yes. And like, I'm, I'm just so fucking ready for it to take off. And yeah, that you're like, what the fuck? Why is there a, why is there a like it was it a breastfeeding video? Yes, it was. Or something? Was. Yeah, like I was like, oh, okay. Like uh... what the f-? And 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 before we the audience even get time to process it, or before AJ the character gets time to process it, his tape measure suddenly starts like shaking, like clearly signifying that there's something on the other end of it. And it gets like snatched out of his hand, and then boom, the monster character antagonist we know is the mother comes running out of the shadows very similarly to how uh she did with tess and keith and hard cut to the 70s (laughs) the same house uh that we've been following just many years prior Uh, the good thing about this jarring structure is that there are like three distinct acts of this movie yes yes act one tess and keith act two aj and act three old dude and finale 
honestly, I would separate them into four. It is kind of um, like four. It is kind of like a four act structure. And um, the greatest thing is like when you see him walk out of that front door, you're immediately like, oh, he is, he's trouble. And yeah. he oh, is yeah. about and, to do some shady shit. Oh, yeah. And also before, before I forgot to mention before we get to the next the next big part here is that before we cut to this new section of the movie, uh, AJ stumbles across Tess, who is still alive oh, in the basement. And yeah. she's all like, Shh, no, 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 be quiet. And then we cut to uh, the past. Um. We see back then the neighborhood was nice, uh, you know, fresh cut lawns, really vibrant houses. I mean, it almost looks technicolor the way it's shot here. Yeah, um, it kind of. Or did you watch them on Amazon Prime? No, I have not. So it's an anthology series that um, follows a um black family in the 50s as they moved to an all-white neighborhood it's like right after um segregation ends right uh, and um it, it every like all of the houses are very cookie cutter like little boxes and um a lot of it was filmed in the same way and so it's definitely like i feel like it's trying to portray a um image of like white suburbia yes very I don't, much i don't think i, mean, I see any black people in, in definitely like yeah the neighborhood while he's driving uh, no or, and it, it is very whitewashed and and i mean even when this this man is walking around the supermarket it's a white employee that helps him it is like uh all the extras and the background shopping are white or at least you know appear to be from a from the distance they're shot at um so no yeah i mean that is that is definitely a good point uh to to bring up um and i think it gets expanded on a little bit further in uh in a couple scenes from now yes so we yeah we're so we're just kind of following this man and he's he's got a pretty creepy demeanor about him but at the same time now that i'm thinking about it because at the a part of me is like how are these people not immediately creeped out by this guy but i'm also thinking i don't know where i'm getting 70s from was there like a time card or something i swear this is at some point the movie straight oh, up says this is no the 70s. i i, I would no i don't think so i think it's the 50s okay even better i really that, that, do if it's the 50s, that even proves my point more is that uh, the what I was going to say is the reason maybe people aren't immediately off put by him is that this is pre serial killer, like serial killer wasn't a term until like the yeah. 70s. So at this point, people are like fucking leaving their doors unlocked. They're like leaving their kids with strangers. They're like people aren't aware of the horrors that actually go. They're on just letting people into their home without any sort of real identification. Yes, yes. The, and that's exactly what happens here. He shows up to some woman's home in a jumpsuit and says that he's like the plumber or electrician or whatever. The water. It was a water, um, which that might be plumbing. Uh, but, you know, just like somebody working for a water company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he goes into the the restroom of this woman's home 
pretends to fix something, but actually unlocks a window, presumably to break in later. Yeah, I mean, you definitely know this isn't the first time he's done this. Oh, 100%. And he's so calm. He's not panicked about it. He just does it like it's his everyday living, which for this fucking asshole it is. And just so we're clear, I, 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 I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this question, but this is the same guy at the end of the movie, right? Not, not, that, not necessarily that actor, but the same character. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, okay. Just wanted to like, oh yeah, be a hundred percent. Oh yeah, it is. And then we we see a scenario here where he gets home from his doings, and his neighbor over here is like, "Hey, just letting you know, you're gonna see a for sale sign in our yard soon. Neighborhood's going to shit, man. We're getting out." Yeah, and uh, what shit meant is that minorities are moving in. That's what that's what I gathered. That's what I gathered too. And and I I don't think there's any dialogue about that, but just the way everything is portrayed in this scene, that's what I was getting too. Yeah, because you he just drove through the neighborhood a little bit and you could see it. It wasn't like dilapidated at all. That all the homes look nice. I I it made me think he was referring to people and not not you know properties right right i i could totally could totally see that kind of like a dungery uh, eh, dungery double entendre <laughs> um and then we smash cut back to tess and aj in the basement hole that they're- yeah so this one was actually really short and i like i didn't need them to show me anything else from that little few minutes yeah i but, think we got like, it i was i was surprised at the difference in how long they dedicated to bill and tess to aj and then to how little time they um dedicated to him and maybe it's because i i don't know i mean anything they could have shown us would have definitely informed that character and but uh, the, the, like, what he's doing is so serious. It feels like they didn't need to. Right. It's almost like a reverse onion. Because instead of the normal structure where you start to chip away and peel the onion, this one gives you that big middle chunk first. Uh, a, a Keith and Tess and an Airbnb double book. That's the scenario. You know, this house is the main setting of everything. It gives us the biggest narrative chunk first. Then it kind of adds another layer of context by showing us AJ. And it's a big layer because it's like a big Shelly layer. And then it adds another layer on top that adds just a little bit more to it by giving us the narrative of this 50s slash 70s killer dude. The art um, direction is incredible. The camera work is incredible. I just, it I'm is. Just, it is. Uh, the lighting too, especially I, because yeah. that, that basement, mm-hmm. they're – there are like three stories below sea level, girl. There is no light down there. So they other than the one flashlight that they have running around. Um so uh yes. then we get to one of the more visually horrifying scenes in the movie. Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. I'm here for it. <laughs> I I am so desensitized and unfazed by the world entirely that I truly don't know when things get like 
too visually horrific for people. And so it wasn't until like much later after seeing the movie, because I'm totally that nerd that after I see a good movie, I'm like, okay, got to listen to like all my favorite YouTubers talk about it. Got to go on Twitter, yeah. see what see what the people are saying. And so yeah. it wasn't until then that I realized, oh, yeah, I guess the seat is kind of disturbing. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I, I feel the same. And like I, I, I real uh, like as a teenager, I watched so many fucked up movies that I really did desensitize myself a whole lot. And it's only like in the last few years that I've really, as I've become a more emotionally regulated and in tune adult, like really started to feel a little bit more sensation from the movies right. I watch, and like really um get taken aback as some stuff so oh god sorry I, i'm just I, watching I've i'm watching the monster of, like shake a right uh that weird bottle thing at test so yeah because that's that's what happens is uh sh- the mother character who we now are starting to get a much better look at and it's like a it's it's basically just a really hermited naked woman and it's because she's like so like her whole life has been in this house and they say later like she's a product of inbreeding so there's a there's a lot going on with this character but what she does is she like sticks this disgustingly dirty bottle down into the into the hole insinuating for them to drink from it and aj's like i'm not fucking putting my mouth on that thing and uh Tess is like, no, you have to. Like, it's Do the it. only way she won't get a hostile. Yeah. Um, and we see the mother kind of like swaddling and caring for Tess. You know what I think the mother's problem is? What? I feel that she is just a disgrace. I think that somebody told her several times that she was fly, hot, sexy, and beautiful. And she's nothing like that. She's nothing of the sort. And I do not think she possesses the vernacular to be a mother. That's what I think about her. <laughs> and I would um, say something else, but it would not be appropriate. I, I would agree, considering her only intuition on motherhood is the same looped video about breastfeeding uh, uh. narrated by sarah paxton uh, uh. um so, did you know a man plays this character i mean of course i did i didn't know until after i saw the movie uh and looked up the cast but yes i did know that which like okay I mean, I don't have any problem with the casting. I just, I have yeah, no like it idea. doesn't really, and, uh, it doesn't like, really change anything for me. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, just interesting um, tidbit. Yeah, very interesting. Little, little something, something like, hey, by the way, a man plays that character. Um, but then after AJ refuses the Baba, she, uh, mother gets mad and like takes him into the the breastfeeding room, and <laughs> the mother's like, oh, you ain't gonna drink from the bottle. Well. Bitch, you getting it straight from the titty then. Oh, I just, oh God. I cannot be imagined. I cannot yeah, this is a pretty, imagine this is a pretty an inbreded person trying to stick their tit in my mouth. And well, it, I don't have to dirty. imagine she's, it. I saw it. But she's not like, a clen- oh. cleansed person. No, not at all. I mean, that, 
none of her basic necessities are being met whatsoever. None. Hygiene, zero. Nope. Uh, So she, Tess takes this opportunity to escape, seeing as to how the mother is distracted. But on her grand escape, she runs into uh, AJ's little tape measure that he was carrying. And it makes a noise, which alerts the mother and in chase ensues as Tess runs to the top of the basement to get out. The door is still locked uh, because it locked behind AJ as well. So she breaks that like basements have those really high up small windows. So she breaks it and starts crawling out. And that homeless guy from earlier uh, pulls her out. And it's just in time because we get a really cool shot of the mother kind of poking her hands out through the window, but then disappearing crawling back into the shadows really does she disappear because i felt like she kind of stood there and lingered yeah she 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 stands there and lingers and kind of just slowly backs away and because the basement's dark and we're now in an uh, an outdoor well-lit environment it's casting so much shadow that just her backing up is essentially her disappearing into the shadows okay 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 yeah, because I think she was keeping her eyes on her. her. Like she, yeah, she yeah. Was, uh, it's just plot, a really plotting. It's just a really cool shot. That's all. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but then we go back to AJ, who is in the basement. It's kind of like intercutting. We see a little bit of AJ, and we uh, see Tess trying to tell the homeless man. He's like, no. There's somebody still in there. We need to go help him. Like, that dude is going to die. We need to get him out of there. And the homeless guy is like, girl, take the W. We got you out. That's all That's all that matters. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I don't know what the... I, I don't know what she should have done. Like, because... Yeah, not exactly protocol obviously, for that situation. Yeah, no, not at all. And... Honestly, if the two of them were to approach the police together, I don't think that they would have gotten any different response than the one that she eventually got. Um, and, you know, going back into that house, you it doesn't necessarily um, mean that she's going to get killed, but that crazy shit's going to happen. So... They're really, I would not, I wouldn't know how to advise her in this situation. And um, I, I don't know. Those are just my thoughts. But yeah, so we, we cut back to AJ. He gets away and travels further into the abyss. That is this little subterranean basement and finds a bell on a string. And he's like, oh, fucking no. How could this possibly get any worse? (laughs) It's yeah, and cut. now he's really starting to like give a shit about what he's saying, isn't he? Yeah, because oh yeah, so yeah, like now that you're in danger, you're kind of realizing, hey, something's not right here. Yeah, maybe this is a little fucky wucky, Mister. Um, it is fucky wucky. That's exactly what it is. And it's you know this is kind of an interesting parallel that I'm I'm reading into now, like talking about it. This scene is intercut. It's it's Tess escaping the house and looking for help and assistance intercut with AJ going deeper in the house alone. So I think I that's really kind like of an that. interesting little 
uh, I don't even know if you can call that a parallel. Is it a perpendicular? I don't know. I like it. <laughs> Either way. Um, so she tests successfully, finds a nearby officer, and she starts like banging on the cop car. And she's like, I need your help. Like trying to explain the situation. And of course, the fucking cops don't believe her. They think she's a crackhead and just crazy. And she's like, no, I'm not a crazy woman. I wish this is a part where I got a teeny little bit frustrated with um, Tess because I feel like she was doing a somewhat good job portraying her case, especially after being so frightened. And, you know, she's rattled, so she's not thinking straight, probably. But I wish she would have said something like, there's a man in danger or like someone tried to kill me. something to get the cops to be like, this is a threat. Like, I'm not just a crazy woman. You know what I mean? Well, so I do disagree. Um, okay. I felt like this was a really good implementation of some racial commentary because, um, uh, yeah, you know, black definitely. women, black women aren't taken as seriously in America. Their troubles aren't, their safety isn't, you know, like, if if she were a man of any color, she probably would have been listened to with a little more openness. But yeah, and she she, she is literally standing she there. Obviously, I I don't know if injured is the right word, but obviously like disheveled, ragged, for a reason. Like, and yeah, yeah, like it, it, she, she and she is she just... very clearly telling them that she has just been kidnapped, and right. like, and like there is somebody else in immediate danger, and. Yeah, she could have said that there was a. I guess man she did trouble, say actually, but she, she shouldn't. Did, have, she actually did. She, I, ju- I just she did. looked at she it. Did. She yeah. did. Yeah, but she shouldn't have had to say that. That is she, true. They like they should have been listening. They should have just seriously. helped her. And it and it was weird. Uh, not not weird, but I thought it was just. It was it was really upsetting that the most disregarding of the two men were was another black man. Yeah, you would. Like, yeah, it was. And uh, I, I almost think that goes to f- further. Uh, like, it, it's almost like, this could be taken as like an ACAB situation, you know, like a read on that. Yeah. Um. Uh. In a way, because but yeah, these cops are just not they like, like you can tell this dude is just not paying attention to her. Like, he's just like, oh, another he doesn't guy. care. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. Um. And so cut back to aj over here he finds a somehow even more like desolate decrepit man living in this subterranean basement who because we as an audience member have seen the full story and gotten this whole this whole arc here we know that this is present day super shitty 50 serial killer uh old as fuck dying as fuck in a dirty gross probably black mold infested borderline room uh gross bed just like sitting there coughing his lungs out he's clearly not in good health and just uh aj over here finds him down there and his immediate thing is like oh i'm gonna get help there's gonna be cops swarming this place soon (laughs) and uh fucking this guy no words whatsoever just takes out a gun and pops himself in the head yeah and this is after 
You know, I thought, uh, did you say that AJ had found all of those tapes? That oh, no, that that there's a there's that, a quick that, flash. That was to, important context. That is very important context. There's a flash of 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 um, Tess uh, showing the cops the house and the broken window. And the cops are just like, there's nothing illegal here. All we've seen is that you broke a window. Which they didn't see that. Right, right. They didn't. And, so, and they just assume that she's the threat instead of assuming that she's in being threatened. Right. So, but I, I um, thought that he came into that room, uh, AJ did, and I, like he's he's like helping him, like giving him water. He thinks that he might be in danger, and then uh, once he sees those tapes, that flips and uh, instantly out, just mean flips like his the switch and, and yes yes yeah yes. and um it's see like i'm watching him i'm watching him talk about it and he's saying don't worry about this that thing is gonna pay for what it did like like so yeah and then once he puts two and two together that i mean that man that that i don't know if that was the first time anybody had been in that room or like it might have been but it, it seemed like he knew that he was like done for and yeah, definitely. And, and and this dude has clearly lived a hermited life. He's not in good health. Like it, it's clear that like working for this a man, reason, honestly. I mean, he sleeps next to a gun. He I, I think he almost sort of knew this day would come. And so he's just ready to end it. So at any point. And this just happens to be the moment. Cause it was it was as soon as he mentioned that cops were coming that the dude got the gun. Um, but it's also and a super ironic scene because and i mean this is a pair i'm not the first to draw this comparison that aj and this dude are one in the same uh, uh, yeah yeah just monsters of a different breed monsters of well a different no breed. same breed thing same breed but like different different levels of like like yeah and and also and, and, just stylistically for the movie, I think it was a really good choice to not show us what was on the TV that AJ was seeing. I think it was a, a very good choice to leave that to us because obviously, you know, we've we gathered that this guy is heinous and doing really horrible things. And so for AJ to see something graphic, I'm glad they didn't show it to us. It, it was a better yeah. choice to leave it ambiguous and let us kind of fill in the blanks of what that what terrible terrible like heinous acts that old dude could be doing in that videotape at this point in the movie i am thinking that aj is maybe doing some introspective work and like yeah he's i'm sure he's understanding his own actions a little bit definitely um other stuff happens and maybe i walk back that opinion a little bit Right, right. Uh, because yeah, he's like he's like berating this old man. He's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" And this, like, you know, we we the audience are thinking, "Oh, like how how rich coming out of your mouth, AJ." Uh, right. And yeah, he just he just turns the gun on himself and and uh, smash. So anticlimactic. It is a little anticlimactic, and so of course AJ is like a little shooketh by that. And then we cut to. Tess, who takes her car and just runs that thing. Well, before she has the chance to run that thing into the side of the house, the mother 
comes bursting out of the front door because it's nighttime again. And the homeless guy informed us that she only comes out at night, I believe. Or actually, I don't think we've gotten to that point yet. That was scary as fuck. It was. It, it's a pretty I, I spooky shot. I was really shocked by that. And then you think she's like, you think that she's dead. I'm like, yes, at it, this it point, is giving I'm like, very how long have scene. I been watching this movie? Is it is it time for it to be over? And then she like, she I feel like she's very, like, like staring feel. at her, and yeah, like, and has like the dead look in her eyes. Yeah, definitely. And it does feel fine. There are several moments in this last act that feel final, definitely. <laughs> and then it just keeps going. Absolutely. Um, and then, of course, now that for now the the threat of the mother has been kind of uh taken out for a sec here this gives test the time to go back down there and to get aj and fucking aj <laughs> he took the old man's gun that he used to shoot himself which fair move you know as an act of protection but then in a not so fair move proceeds to fucking shoot Tess by accident because he just kind of open fires, shoot first, ask questions later mentality the second he hears a noise in the in the sub-basement. He is just so dumb. Fucking AJ. So dumb. Fucking goddamn AJ. But at least he has the semi-decency to kind of help her out of there. They both walk out of there together. Tess with a fucking bullet in her stomach and they notice that the mother is gone she's no longer pinned to the car and this is where they seek shelter with the homeless man who has his own little like makeshift camp in this barely fenced off area yeah the the this scene it's messy is a this little man. i i think the scene maybe could have gotten cut I I don't well, love this scene. I think some of the th- some of the things he said could have gotten cut. Like just just talking about how she's never been here or been in here in fifteen years, and then she immediately comes in there. I feel like that's the a mother cheesy. does. Yeah, yeah that that was a that was a I bit don't think overkill. we needed that. No, and but, but he does he does give the exposition of the fact that. She's like a product of inbreeding because, you know, the old guy um, like had been like kidnapping women, impregnating them, making babies with those babies. It's just a whole shit show of nasty, nasty things. Did you ever wonder why she was the only one down there? No, I actually have not. Because if it was if it was generations of this inbreeding. Yeah. Then you would think you'd see. I, I I don't remember seeing any bones really or like no yeah any, it, makes, it definitely like, begs the question where are the others yeah and maybe that was intentional and maybe it's like oh this could be a sequel thing or yeah yeah maybe definitely but I but, I found uh, that really interesting that there was no evidence of any of the other members of that like inbreeding yeah family. yeah you've yeah you that's a good point to think about i've never really i've not really thought about that because um yeah where are the others are there others did did something like yeah 
good good question but yeah so she she mauls the homeless guy it's pretty cheesy i don't i don't love that scene like we were just saying but it does allow aj and tess to escape that situation again um and so they they find that their only real solace is like climbing to the top of a water tower that's right there uh which you know unique i can't say i can think of too many other horror movies that have their ending on a water tower um yeah and i I thought it was really um it was really inventive and then just like him immediately once he drops the gun was like yeah being a nice guy yeah because at that moment it's like all all is lost like she's the mother's running up the staircase right now like she's gonna get us where where are we gonna go and poor Tess. Poor girl. Poor she fucking Tess, man. It. Yeah, so and AJ he, over here, being the classic piece of shit that he is, just fully yeets her, yeets her off the water tower ledge. Now, this was one of the coolest shots in the film. Yeah, this is cool. Though I, hated his, I hated his actions. Yes, but yes. That was, uh, we see Tess falling off the water tower and the mother just nosedive right off after her um and and it, it you know this kind of goes to show like tess went along with it she was the baby and that's why the mother grew in a, a small affinity for her because she just she ultimately wanted to be a mother and she kind of got that a little bit with Tess. Well, also, yeah, here's something. So she was breastfeeding, trying to breastfeed AJ and had a bottle of milk, right? Don't yeah. women only breastfeed, like make milk lactate when baby just happened? Oh, uh, like I definitely I don't mean, think lactation is like a, a like just boom on the spot thing. No, you know? like well, so I I'm pretty sure yeah that that, that breastfeeding is real. Like yeah, that only happens after you've had a baby. But you know you hear strange stories about like mothers breastfeeding their kids for like five years and shit. Like if if some if there's a if there is somebody to be abducted and be held down there with those people then there is somebody to lactate for i guess yeah the the fact that she is able to produce milk for aj and tess is raises some questions about who's come before for sure but i don't really think she gives a shit about aj i think he's just there are you talking about the mother or tess the the mother and I think Tess had an inclination to kind of just do what she said and right. like is just trying to get through it and survive. And then AJ's arrival really fucks everything up for the mother. It does. It, it really does. And and, uh, you know, it the the mother's victims are male. She killed Keith. Who was a threat to Tess, kind of. Well, in, in through the perception of the mother, 
and she kind of goes after AJ here uh, as much as she can, who is a threat. She kills the homeless man who is a man. So all of her yeah. victims are male. And I did I not. Definitely don't I did think not that is by that. coincidence. Cons- um, That's a really good point. Yeah. So AJ fully yeets this woman off the water tower and then in true piece of shit fashion starts to like rationalize it he's like i i had no choice you know you 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 started i i didn't even throw you off you didn't you slipped and he just realized he's learned nothing from any of his actions either in this situation or the sexual assault situation or just nothing anything throughout his miserable life and that's exactly why he dies the mother gouges his fucking eyes out with her bare thumbs doesn't she split his head in half too? Oh yeah, I think she does like very gnarly, like crack that bitch open. Um, and it's it's deserving. You know, we if AJ wouldn't have died, I think a lot of people would have been upset and it would have set a very negative message. Yeah, if he had survived that film, that would have been really confusing. Cause they just they really set this guy up to be a piece of shit. And you know, in horror movies, we need delivers. We kill the piece of shit. That's how they work. You kill the characters you hate the most. And so she, yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty gnarly effect. She gouges his eyes out with her thumb and then proceeds to just split his fucking skull open like a mortal combat fatality or something. It's pretty, it's pretty nice. Um, And then Tess is on the ground. I mean, she's barely alive at this point. She's got a bullet in her stomach. She just survived a fall from the top of this water tower only because the mother was able to like use herself as a shield. Yeah. Um, um, so instead of attacking Tess, the mother tries to kind of like nurture her a little bit. And, and she see clearly, even though she doesn't have good intelligence, you know, she sees that she's injured and has that instinct. And she's like trying to say like, let's go back to the house. And Tess is like, I can't go back. And so she kind of, I would say she, she mercy kills the mother. She takes the gun and that's exactly, that's exactly because I'm, I'm watching it like at this moment and it kind of feels like she has empathy for her, but she's like, yeah, because the the mother as a concept is is a sympathetic character in a way. At least set up to yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, a victim under of the her, circumstances. her circumstances, and, and that's all she's very, ever known. Very much so, and and she puts she puts the gun in the mother's head. The mother kisses, like does the does the like kiss the hand, then put the hand on the forehead, kind of kiss. I love and that touch. It, yeah, it was that very detail. very nice and very nice and cute. And then, gun goes off. Boom! To credits. Yeah, and I, and I love that they did that too because you there are so yeah. many moments that you think them or there are several moments that you think the movie's just done, uh, or is about to cut to credits and it doesn't, and then this like snap, like a gunshot, and then it's over. I really and love that, over. but I also love the credit scenes of her walking so that yeah, that's you get nice. the initial like you get the initial like um impact of that gunshot impact of that that gunshot in the ending and then a few seconds later they show you that she she's making it out and that she's 
I don't know. Not I wouldn't say okay, but that like she's she's gonna live, and she yeah. she's the only character that deserves it. Other than like I don't know the interviewer who is never in danger. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she, you know, it's it's the cathartic ending we we all deserved out of this. Yeah, it really paid off. It really it it paid off. It it feels earned, and it's it's definitely a different you could not have called this going in you know and that's that's nice i appreciate no. that it's an original take it's original original story here i don't i don't know if there was really any part of this movie that i felt was not original like, yeah yeah i felt i felt like this is a, I, a very good breath of fresh air this movie and and its story its techniques that it uses like the weird structure and the, the some of the filmmaking techniques add to that a lot. And it's like it's one of the best um, writer director films that I think I've seen. Yeah, Just yeah, yeah. Like, I agree because it, it because so much of you know a script is fantastic, but like so much of it is in the camera work, art direction. You know, just all of the um visual aspects that bring it to life because they could have told this story in a different way that um would have and probably been a good movie but like the combination of like the visual um aspects of making technical aspects of making this film and the script the it being done by the same person just made me feel like that vision was so clear and so well executed that it took it from like a really good movie to a fantastic movie in my opinion i i like that yeah and i i i do like i said i do think this is a good movie um if this movie would have been arranged differently, maybe in like chronological order. So if we started in the fifties with this weird serial killer dude, and then went to AJ being who he was, and then went to Tess and uh, Keith, it would have been a little bit more boring and predictable. Uh, So it's structure really plays to its strength. I agree. And I also kind of don't agree. I feel like okay. if it were in chronological order, that you still wouldn't really know what was happening. And I, I almost think it would have been just as effective. Interesting. I, I don't know if I, I see that. And it's hard to say because I've already seen the movie, so I know the whole story. But I, I feel as if I was shown a scenario with this creepy old dude in this nice, pristine yellow house. And then we go to... AJ or or I guess then next logically it would have went to Tess and Keith I would have had these preconceived notions of that house already so I would have been like oh they're getting into some crazy shit which like is pretty clear from the from the get-go I I suppose but it, it would have been a little bit more direct and then if we cut to AJ and it's like he owns the house it's like ah third act bring in bring it all home guy so i and i I like the structure of this movie and i i think it was a good choice to to tell it in this disjointed way um and it's just made by it's it yeah i i I don't i don't really know how to elaborate further i just love it 
Zach Greger is, is talented. He's proven himself as a, as a player on the board here. And I, I am excited to see more from him. I hope he comes out with another horror movie because just based on this one alone, I, I would see it. Yeah, let me see. I I don't know if he has... Oh, well, it looks like he's done some TV films. Um, oh, no, that's, that's as an actor. Yeah, this I, I think this might be his first film feature i think i'm pretty sure it is mm, other than with like the widest kids you know right right yeah i'm i'm pretty sure it is um so good oh for no him. he made he made one other the um movie that was released theatrically um i don't know if you've heard of it i haven't seen it but it's called miss march and it has something to do with like I don't know. It's, there's a Playboy bunny over the eye and miss, so I assume it has something to do with like a raunchy sex comedy. Right, right. But um, still, it's it first horror, first big featurette, it seems. Big feature, it seems. Um, and what so a work. Good for him. Good for him, yeah. What a work. What a work. It's, it's good. It's being well-received. I haven't heard too many negative things about this movie. Um, and, and I do like it i i think it's i think it's good i just I maybe just with i uh, there's been so many just knockout event movies in 2022 that for me this is kind of like in the middle but more on the higher side yeah for me for me yeah um i i i can't say it's my favorite of the year scream x and nope are all and pearl all are all I think on Letterbox, this is like right in the smack dab center of my like 2022 horror movies. Cause I do like I said, I do like it. Uh and I do think it's it's very good. I can't really see myself revisiting it too often, you know, for me. That's valid. I've seen it. I've seen it once or twice now. I I get it. I would show it to other people for sure, but I I don't really oh, yeah, see that as a great movie experience. I'm throwing on when I'm like just hanging out at home you know maybe once in a while yeah i get that um and and that's not like a bad thing you know i'm just saying like in terms of like you know i've had i've had my fun with barbarian i'll revisit it every so often but i i i like what i've been given and it's it was a good good addition to the 22 roster the 2020 2022 roster of just really good horror movies this year yeah and i i agree i um also while i feel it's fantastic i don't know if i'll just be you know watching it every six months or yeah and it's also like not really that kind yeah. of movie you know like usually the most rewatchable movies are the more fun movies and this movie's a little bit more chaotic than it is fun yeah it's chaotic fun but like it is a lot of chaos. Um, it's it's not fun in the way that like scream is fun. It, exactly. I mean, that's how I always say it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, because I yeah, watched Scream Five so many times this year. Same. Like, same. <laughs> unhealthy and, and like of course a, like unhealthily obsessed with Scream, but still, it's like it's like a different vein of fun. Like Freaky is a mine is a movie that came out recently that I think of that's like fun. Yeah, I loved that movie yeah um but yeah that's barbarian do you have any other f final thoughts on on this movie 
Um, I think I've really said anything. I say um, that the MVP of this movie is the camera work. Um, yeah, it's it I does don't have some very impressive the last camera. Work. Time I've seen a camera used in quite the same way, but that's just because I I don't have a whole lot of time to think on it. But um, I just so original, and I just loved I loved the technical aspects of this movie so much, and it is definitely like top three for me of this year. I think. Um, yeah, I, well, good, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, this, this is a great movie. Yeah, and I will look forward to watching it again. I've seen it like twice in the last month, so yeah. I might take a minute. Of course, but, yeah, definitely. Um, it, it, I, it, you're, I will definitely be showing it to other people for sure, and suggesting yeah. it to other people. Yeah, yeah, like it, it definitely has is worth spreading and showing to people it's definitely worth watching at least once i would say um for sure uh yeah that's that's barbarian this has been a really fun time talking about this movie with you yeah i i've loved it I yeah just, it's uh, it's good i i love talking movie. I, it's one that definitely deserved to be you know picked apart a little bit and this is one that i just really digest more and more the more time I have with it. Cause I remember the first time I saw it like in theaters, I was just like, Holy shit. What the hell was that? And then I saw it a second time and knowing the whole picture already, I was like, Oh, this actually isn't, you know, like I kind of alluded to at the beginning, this isn't that hard of a, that complex of a story. It's just the way they present it. That makes it appear complex. And that isn't an insult or anything. It's actually a compliment because it just shows that there is a complete narrative here. I'm not after the second watch. I'm not like, what the hell, man? Like what I, I'm, I don't really have that many questions. It feels like a nice, complete, full story. Yeah. What would you write it? Uh, what do you mean? Like numerically? Yeah. It's so hard to do the numerical thing with movies. I guess if I had to, though, I'd put it somewhere in the like, seven to eight range maybe okay maybe leaning a little bit more towards eight like 7.5 or higher i would say um i feel similar i know i asked this question but i do feel similarly about it i don't really think there's anything that would knock off any points for me i don't know if i'd say it's a masterpiece right but i would say that it's fantastic and so i would give it like a nine or a 9.5 at least and if i have some more time with it to think about it i may even get it give it a 10 but there are very few men very few movies that i would give a 10 yeah and it's so hard to like do numbers because i'm like i want to give all my favorite things tens like i'd give every single screen movie a 10 i'd give me i'd give like you know, I, I can't think of a perfect example at the moment, but I would give some movies tens that uh, other people would probably look at and be like, this is this is a three mama. Like, let's be realistic. And I'm like, no, this is a 10 in my eyes. But then it's like when I start comparing things that I give tens to, I definitely can't say I enjoy all of those movies the same level. So n- numbers are just so hard. 
to give right and people are looking for different things out of different movies like yeah there's so many there's so many factors you know like what subgenre of horror is it what you know like what are the is it like a thematic piece is it a fun piece is it a campy thing is it a serious thing you know there's so many different factors that go into rating and discussing a movie that when you're trying to boil it down to just a number is very difficult to do yeah but this is this has been a great talk this has been a a good movie great talk about a great movie uh barbarian is is just it's it's just 2022 has just been a standout fucking year for horror and this is just another great entry on that roster for me, you know, like when I look at a list of movies that came out in 22, 2022, this is not a movie where I'm going to be like, which one was barbarian again? I'm going to be like, Oh yeah, I remember barbarian. That's it's memorable. It's unique. It's original. It is fun to, it's not a fun movie how we discuss, but it's fun that we are just getting this kind of content and it's fun it's a fun first ride for sure because you just have no clue where where you're going. So it's definitely a fun first ride. Um but it's just it's 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 a great entry into the genre, very welcoming. And I'm excited to see what else Mr. Zach over here will bring us if he continues to bring us more horror movies because I'm I'd watch the next one just based on this one alone. Same. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Me too. Well, this has been great, Blake. This has been a great talk. In the event, my Thank you. lovely listeners, my creamy constituents want to find you. Oh god. Where could they find you on the internet on the internet? Um, so I have to look up my Twitter and of course but, plug um, the socials. It's my name, but a little so it's Blake, but it's B-U-H-L four E's K E. So just like, honestly, it's how I hear my grandmother say my name. Ah, so, I see. That's the or I always wondered. Like, I wondered. Gotcha. So, I love it. I love uh, it. And it'll and be then, in the it'll be in the episode description, of course. I mean, okay. Plug it. And then um, my Instagram is um, my last name Beatty with four E's, so B A T E. Or, or four E's in a Y. And um, yeah, I'm so glad you had me on. I loved it. Yeah, of course. Uh, this has been a great time. And maybe we'll see you back soon, uh, hopefully, uh, to talk about another movie. But for now, this is we this that was Barbarian. And this has been the Debate of the Dead podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks for coming on and talking about this movie with me. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Of course, of course. Well, we will see you next time. 